Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Come on, give him some praises, everybody. That's it, praise him like you love him. Hallelujah, come on, that's it, give him some praises. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout, God, you're great. God, you're awesome. God, you're wonderful. Hallelujah, Jesus. That said, that said, we always want to give God praises. I don't care what it is you're going through. I don't care what it is that you're faced with. We ought always to give God praises. The Bible said men ought always to praise God. Hallelujah. So we want to always give God praises regarding my situation does not dictate how much I praise God. Amen. That means when it's good, I'll praise him. When it's bad, I won't. But it doesn't matter what the situations are. I'm going to still praise God. Come on, somebody. Wave those hands and tell God, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless God on this morning. We certainly thank God for another opportunity, an opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. You may be seated if you can. We have blessed God on today. God is certainly good and we thank God that we've been allowed to come back together again. We should sing the song, we're back together again, praising the Lord. Amen. And it's always good when the people of God can get together and praise God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I praise God in my home. I praise God when I'm in my car. But sometimes when we get together with the saints of God, it just seems like it's just an extra, something extra. Amen. When you got somebody sitting across from you praising God with you. Amen. So we certainly appreciate the Lord. Amen. For that on today. Father, we bless you. We thank you for another opportunity that you've allowed us to be here. God, you've been great to us all week long. We're here because of your grace and because of your mercy, Lord. And we don't want to take any of that for granted. As we are here today, Lord, our hearts are open to whatever you want to do and whatever you want to say in our lives. We ask you that you would have your way and you speak to our hearts, make your word plain and clear, cause our hearts to gravitate to your word and embrace it, God, for a way of life, not just for information. And I pray, God, right now, God, that you would be glorified in everything that's going to be said and done on today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the people of God say amen. amen. Look at somebody said, I love the Lord. Amen. Look at him said, I love you too. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We bless the Lord again on today. We thank God for our online audience for being here with us in this service on today. And uh, um, there are some of you that are here live. Uh, um, online live I mean and then there are some of you that will be watching this later on as you pull it down on the different our different uh, um, archives and we certainly appreciate you taking the time to visit with us here at the services here in Orangeburg South Carolina um, where God is certainly moving in a tremendous way I don't know about you but I'm excited about the Lord how many are excited about the Lord Amen. I'm excited about God. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. Amen. We've come to the time of year where we're getting ready to embark upon the summer. Our children are out of school or at the last few days of school. And uh, um, a lot of times when that happens, the children are excited because they got the freedom to teach. So somewhat excited because they have a break. Amen. I'm excited because of Jesus. Amen. I'm excited because Jesus is in my life. I want to share a word to you on this, with you on this morning that the Lord has placed in my heart as I was before the Lord on today, on this week. Amen. Asking him what it is that you would want me to say. The Lord with me of something that he had shared with me several weeks ago. 
And I was saying, God, is this really what you want me to say? In fact, I started working on another message, and God just kept redirecting my attention back here. So I've learned, I don't know about you, but I've learned how not to fight against God. Amen. Amen. What God wants is more important than what we feel comfortable with. So I want to share a word with you on this morning. It's going to be taken, amen, out of uh, several scriptures, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the first verse, Luke, the first chapter, 7 to 4th, and the 15th verse, and also 1 Peter 2, 9 through 12. Amen. We want to start, let's, let's, let's start with Ephesians 4. Um, if you have that uh, technicians, would you get it for me in the Amplified? Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I'm going to read it from the King James, and then we're going to also go look at it from the Amplified. Here Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus, and um, he's saying here, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now let's look at that from the Amplified Version, which will help us to understand a more practical application. It said, so I, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is... To live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. How many are excited about God for your, your salvation? Amen. Let's go to Luke 1 and um, 74. Luke 1, 74. Luke 174 says that he, God, would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without, okay, let me go to my Bible, without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Now let me go back and read that again. That he, God, would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, we might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Look at your neighbors at all the days. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's also go to First Peter. First Peter, the second chapter. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then we go to the 10th verse, and it says, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. It says, dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust with war against the soul having your conversation or your conduct or your behavior honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. I want to talk to us just for a few minutes uh, from this particular subject on today, my everyday life. Look at your neighbor said, how is your everyday life? Now, I, I'm not asking you how is your church life. 
How is your everyday life? When we look at God and when we begin to deal with God and the people of God, God's focus is on our everyday life. And uh, when we talk about that word life, that word life, it's more than just you having breath in your body. It's more than you having your heart pumping at so many beats per minute. It's more than you having mobility in your limbs. When we talk about life, and, and this is what I want us to focus on today. When we talk about life, we're talking about behavior. We're talking about conduct. We're talking about how you carry yourself, how you entertain folk, how you deal with situations and circumstances that you encounter every day. That's what we are talking about. We are talking about life, how, how you act and, and how you react. So now when we deal with this particular subject matter on this morning, when we talk about my everyday life, I'm talking about how you are dealing with situations. How many of you got situations that you encounter throughout the week? When we talk about life, we're talking about how you're dealing with it. Oh, life happens to all of us. Amen. We have the slogan, life happens. Life happens to all of us. We all encounter situations and circumstances, and sometimes we don't have the power to change what happens to us. But what God is monitoring is how you're reacting and responding and how you're dealing with what's happening in your everyday life. And this is what I want to focus on this morning. I, I, I want to focus. I, I, I love to see the people of God come to church. I, I love it. I, I love to see when you come to church and you get uh, uh, in the service and begin to praise God and, and do all of these things. But more than anything, I'm concerned about your everyday life. And that's where God is. God is concerned about your everyday life. In fact, when you look at it, God is more concerned about my behavior and my actions than he is about my condition. Okay, all right. I'm going to start losing some here. But let me show you. I, I want you to see where God's heart is. God is definitely concerned about your condition. He's concerned about uh, how, you, how, how things are happening in your life. He is. But he's more concerned about your behavior and how you're dealing with those things than he is concerned about your condition. A lot of times, what we have done, we focus more on my condition and what I possess and what I can attain more so than how I am dealing with life. And I want you, I want you to focus there on this morning as if it's no more than while we're here in service. Okay, you can age or whatever you want after. And I, I, I'm saying that, but I'm not saying that. Uh, from my heart because I want you to make sure that you carry this away from here but I want you to focus on this morning what I'm saying because I want you to understand where God's heart is concerning your life while we're focusing on what we have and what we can get and, and what we possess and our conditions God is saying but I'm looking at you I'm not looking at what you have and what you are acquiring and, and how successful you are. I'm looking at your behavior. I'm looking at your conduct. I'm looking at how you're dealing with the problems. How many ever have problems? <clears throat> I, I, I wish. <clears throat> well, I had to be careful how I say things because in reality, because of my understanding, I really don't wish that. But sometimes you feel like you just want to tell people, God's going to take care of everything. He's going to wash all of your problems away. How many in here, and you that are online, how many of you have been saved for more than six months? A year, two, three years? How many of you, since you have been saved, you still have problems? 
I want you to see something here because when we start dealing with the people of God and what God has for your lives, I want to make sure now that I'm not directing your focus on something that's not necessarily the focus of God. While God is concerned about problems, the Bible said that he is a very present help in trouble. Okay, he, he understands that, and he knows how to come to your rescue when problems come. But I want you to understand that God's primary focus in your life is not settling all of your problems. God's primary focus in your life is building you up, developing you so that now your life, your, your behavior, your conduct will be one that reflects his character. My everyday life. God saved us not for our conditions to change. He saved us so that we can change our behavior. And we have to be so careful, and I'm saying this from a ministerial standpoint, we have to be so careful when we are delivering the gospel to the people, we have to be so careful that we are not making it seem like uh, now when you come over here, everything is going to be honky-dory, everything is going to be smooth, everything is going to be good. When you come over here, God's going to make you rich, God's going to do this, and God's going to do that. No. Let me share something with you. There are millions and millions of people that God has birthed into the, his family, and God has not written on their schedule, on their agenda Richness. <clears throat> the Bible said the poor we have with us, what? Always. Always. <clears throat> now, I want you to understand something. It does not mean that God have a problem with you possessing things. It does not mean that God will not make some of us rich. But even if he make you rich, it's not for your richness now to be the thing that uh, 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 brings some glory. Oh, look at him. He's got millions. Look at her. She's at the top of, of her job. No, his uh, reason for doing that is so that now when you get there, your character, your behavior now will be so powerful that in that arena, He's being glorified. God is not glorified by your possessions. He's glorified by your behavior and your conduct. So when we begin to look at God, I want you to understand something. The thing that brings God glory is our behavior and our conduct. How we are dealing with life. Not how much we possess. The Bible said life is not contained in the abundance of things a man possess. But godliness is the thing that God is looking at. Now, I want to go someplace because uh, um, I think it's very, very important inside of our walk with God. And I want to go to Ephesians, the first chapter, in the fourth verse. If you can get it, bring it up on the screen. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 4. And it will help us to understand God's heart. As I said earlier, God is glorified by our behavior. And our conduct and how we carry ourselves. You remember in, I think it's John the 15th chapter and the 8th verse, it says, herein is my father glorified. This was Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, now, this is what glorifies my father. He said, that what? That you bring forth what? Much fruit. And when we talk about fruit here, we're not talking about millions of dollars. We're talking about new houses and new cars. When you bring forth fruit, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, all of those things. This is what glorifies the Father. When he can look at your life, Joyce, and see you're loving in the midst of an unlovely situation. This is what brings God glory. And God said now, I want you to glorify me. In fact, when you look at Ephesians, the first chapter, and I think it's the sixth verse, it says that we are to be to the praise of God's glory. That means our lives are to bring him glory. But let's go back to the fourth verse. Let's go to the fourth verse because I want to keep it in sort of inside of context. It says, according as he, God, had what? Chosen us in him. 
before the foundation of the world. Okay, now I want you to look at that comma there, and I want you to understand now what he's saying now. This is what he chose us for. That what? We should what? Let, let, me, let me hear you say that. That we should do what? Let me, let me hear you say it again so the folk online can hear you say it. That we would do what? You mean God chose us? He saved us so that we could be holy? He didn't say that we would be rich. He said that we would be holy. When we start looking at our everyday life, I want you to understand when God begins to monitor us, he's monitoring us to see if there is holiness being uh, exemplified in your life. This is what brings God glory is when we walk inside of what? Holiness. Okay, now let me share this with you. Holiness is more than you not drinking, smoking, cussing, and swearing. Holiness is also your conduct and your behavior, how you carry yourself. You're exemplifying the character or the joy, the fruit of the spirit. This is what brings God glory. Now, I want you to understand something. Let me, let me give you a working definition for holiness. Holiness is a lifestyle that reflects and manifests the character, the love, and the righteousness of God in our everyday life. Okay, now let me read that again. Let me say that to you again. Holiness is a lifestyle <laughs> that reflects and manifests the character, love, and righteousness of God in everyday life. Now let me show you, let me show you something. I can go get me a Bentley or Benz or Royce okay but is there any reflection of character in my possession of those things okay i want you to see something because i want you to see where god's heart is now i want you to understand something now there's many of you here that god will bless you with the abundance of things but never lose sight on his focus his purpose for your lives if he bless you with the Bentley it's not for you to now position yourself that I'm better than the rest look at me and, and, and let me share something with you what, what we have done and this is a trick of the enemy what we have done we have allowed the enemy to twist the heart of God and got many of us in the body of Christ now thinking and believing now that my the quality of my salvation is based on the multitude of things I possessed. Okay, you're, 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 oh, God is so working with him. Look at her. She just got her a new car. God is working with him. Look at his bank account. No, that does not mean God is working with me just because it maybe just means I have good credit. Okay. So, and I want you to understand something. That is not necessarily a reflection of holiness. When we talk about holiness, as I said earlier, holiness is my lifestyle. It is how I carry myself when I reflect the character of God. I can drive up on my job with a Bentley, but have a nasty attitude, and I've X'd out the purpose and the power of God. Come on. So I want you to understand something. God is monitoring our lifestyle. All right. Let me show you this. We don't serve God by going to church, paying our tithes, and working in the church. Uh, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that again because, you know, sometimes when you say a certain thing, it can go a certain way. We don't only serve God okay by our going to church or our paying tithes or our working in the church okay that's not necessarily what serves God is all about serving God is all about see because if I embrace that as the capsule in which my serving God is all about, then I can go to church on Sunday. 
I can work in the church. I can bring my tithes. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, live like I want to. But I'm serving God. You know, I'm, I'm serving God. Yeah, I'm, oh yeah, you, are you serving God? Yes, I'm serving God. I go to church every Sunday. Oh, I pay my tithes religiously. Oh yeah, I work in the church. I'm a deacon in the church. <laughs> I was about to say something, but that's, I'll say that relative to every office in the church, not just a deacon, but you got some hellions working in positions in the church, even behind the pulpit. Come on. So just because I'm serving in the church does not mean that I am holy or that my lifestyle is holiness. Let me share this with you. Uh, uh, the devil, look at your neighbors, the devil. And I don't ever want you to be afraid of uh, uh, identifying him. The devil himself has infiltrated the church to the point now that we have allowed him to cause us to take holiness out of the salvation experience. Okay, now I want you to look at this now. If you monitor, and I want you to monitor over the years, over the years, I could remember when I first started thinking about getting saved, holiness was the thing that was predominant. Holy living. A holy lifestyle. But then now as time progressed, focus so concerned now about what I get and what I possess. Now that holiness now, really, really, holiness now has been taken out of the salvation experience. Folk don't care much now about whether you're holy or not, just as long as you're bringing in your tithes. Come on. As long as you're at church and bringing some other folk into the church so that we can increase the number. But I want you to understand something when God looks at it. God is not concerned about you having a church full of folk that all of them can do whatever they want when they want. Holiness is the law of God's house and God's people. And when we talk about holiness, we're talking about behavior. Now, I want you to understand, don't now divorce holiness from my behavior in my everyday life. Because the Bible says here now that God had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That when he bring us in this family, he want us to be holy. Look at somebody that God wants you to be holy. I'm talking about in your everyday life. I'm not talking about on Sunday. The church is probably one of the holiest places on Sundays if you use it inside of the context that we're talking. This is your everyday life. The church has become more focused on what we can possess than how we are to live. Okay, and I want you to see the trick of the enemy now. I want you to see the trick of the enemy. You got folk coming into church now, Isidore, because they feel, oh, God's going to make me rich. I don't know how many times, y'all, I don't know how many times I've been prophesied to that I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm, I'm, I'm serious now. I'm, I'm, I'm really serious how many times we have been prophesied to, you're going to be rich. You're going to have the wealth of this world. Now listen to me. I, I want you to understand something. It does not mean that God will not make you rich. Understand what I'm saying. But when all I'm telling you is that God wants you to be rich. God wants you to have the best. God wants you to have this and that and the other. What happens is my focus is taken off of holiness and doing whatever I can now to possess these things. And all of my efforts now inside of my being a part of church and part of a ministry is now to obtain things and stuff so that now I can prove to the world God is blessing me. Look 
that God blessing me. No, everything that comes in your life is not necessarily God blessing you. Come on. So we have to make sure now that we don't let the devil continue to be successful in taking holiness out of the salvation experience. The real core of the salvation experience is my life living, how I'm living and how I'm dealing with life. If you look at Ephesians, the second chapter, when he talks about, uh, for this by grace we say through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not a worthless. Any man should boast that salvation but then now we leave up the 10th verse now, which says now that we are God's workmanship, what? Created in Christ Jesus, what? Unto what? Good works. Those good works is holy living, a holy life. Not created in Christ Jesus so that you can have the best car and the finest of life. You're created in him so that your life is shook about. Would be holy. What did Matthew say? Jesus talked to his disciples and said, You're the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that what? They may see what? Your good works. So God said, When I focus, I'm focusing on your life, your works. That's what I'm focusing on. God said, and if we look at Matthew, the sixth, fifth and the sixth chapter, and I'm not going there, but I just want you to, we look at where God's focus is. When they ridicule you, you don't ridicule again. All of these things, he start talking about, they bid you to go a mile, go two miles. They take a coat, give them your cloak also. Okay, do all of these things. Love those that despitefully use you, your behavior. Okay. And then he got into the sixth chapter, and he said, now, I want you to understand something. You, you believers now, he said, take no thought. Now, we hate that scripture. We, 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 a lot of folk in the church hate that scripture. Take no thought for what you shall wear and wherewithal you'll be clothed and where, how you're going to be housed and all of these things. Am I really supposed to not think about those things? Let me show you how the devil, mm, mm, the devil has so mashed up the church that we are more focused on what we can get from God than our lifestyle. But Jesus said, don't take no thoughts. He said, God already know what things you have need of. Don't let that be your, 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 your object of, uh, of effort. Don't, don't let that be your priorities. He said, now, what I, when I want you to understand God's heart. He said, now, but what? The third, third verse said, what? But seek ye what? First. What? The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And what? In all these things. We have abandoned righteousness and holiness in order to obtain things and stuff. Anytime my focus is more on things and stuff than righteousness, then now you open the door for sin. To come in. And what has happened, we have opened the door for sin in the church. There's so much sin in the church that we have become comfortable with it as long as we got things and stuff, as long as I got money in the bank. But God said, no, I want you to focus on sin. The Bible said, put a difference. Between holy and unholy, between clean and unclean. I don't care how much you possess, God said, when I look at it, if I see sin, what you possess, it don't matter to me. So we have become too comfortable with sin. A lot of the churches now, they don't preach about sin no more. They don't preach about holiness. Because if I preach about holiness, folk going to leave. 
Let me show you something. The Bible talks about folk with itching ears. Folk with itching ears. In other words, they want what they, they want to hear what they want to hear. Let me show you. We have got to be careful as leaders that we don't let folks itching ears dictate what we preach. Come on. Oh, child, they, 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 they want to hear, they want to hear something good. Okay. And now I understand what I'm saying. Now, it doesn't mean that God won't come and tell you how to deal with situations. He won't, it doesn't mean that God won't come and tell you, I'm going to bless your lives. Come on. But I want you to see if we abandon holiness for that. We've opened the door for sin. And what you have now in the church now, because we are not preaching against sin, we're not preaching holiness. Now folk come in the church now, anything. Let me show you something. What has happened? The church have taken on the mentality of the world. Okay. When I say the church, I'm not talking about the total church, but a lot of the church have taken on the mentality of the world. What do you mean, Bishop? You ever heard of the term of anything goes? Anything goes? Listen, I don't know how long more God is going to afford me the privilege of preaching or pastoring but one thing I endeavor to do to make sure that I declare unto you the holiness of God okay because what has happened is that about the world says, <clears throat> well, that's just, that's just how they are. You got to accept them. Okay. All right. And let, me, let me show you. Now the church is saying, that's just how they are. You got to accept them. And I'm not talking about any particular group of people. Okay. I want you to see something. But what the church have done... Okay, I, I, can, I can know that you're in sin, in fornication, okay? And okay, sure, you want to be a member of the church? For sure, fine, because this is the place that God, I trust that God would do something about that, okay? But then now, when I become like the world now, not only do I accept your presence, I also position you now to help me Declare. Come on. Listen, 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 listen. I got I gotta I gotta I gotta help us to see this. I don't care how good you can play an instrument. I don't care how good you can preach. I don't care how astute you are in being able to greet folk at the door. If you are not an individual that has challenged yourself to live holy and walk up right before God, you don't need a position in the church. Come on. Come on now, now, now. But what we've done, we've made it, okay, anything goes, anything. Oh, they're, they're in the church, oh, sure, they're on the keyboard. Oh, wow, look at what the, the music brings to the ministry. But let me show you, let me, let me, let me share this with you. I want, I want to share this with you. God spoke this to me uh, last night. He said, now, one of the greatest obstacles that hinders the effectiveness of the church or the body of Christ is the difference between Sunday morning and everyday life. Come on. One of the greatest obstacles. What do you mean, Bishop? 
Okay, I can, sure, I can come to church on Sunday morning, and I can play the keyboard, and oh my God, I can. <laughs> I've seen folk come to church and play the keyboard, and, 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 and folk get happy, and they sit on the keyboard and they laugh because they know they are, you know. And I'm not saying that that's sin in itself, but if now I know that your life is one that is not pleasing to God. Now, I, I, I understand what I'm saying. That doesn't mean now that oh, he, they made a mistake. And, not, and I'm not just talking about the keyboard. I'm talking about anything. Not mean that they made a mistake now. You know, I got no, no. I mean if your lifestyle. Come on. Well, I know you're clubbing every week. I know you're clubbing all during the week. You just got out of a club on Friday night. And you're going to come and stand at the door and say, God bless you. Come on. God said the greatest obstacle to the effectiveness of the church is that difference between what we do on Sunday morning and what we do the rest of the week. There's a whole different life. And God said now what is happening now People now that see your behavior on Sunday morning, oh, yes, she go to church. Oh, yes, she, I, I, I was at church all the other, other day, and they were dancing, and they were jumping up and shouting. But then when they go to your job, when they see you in the street, what is it that they see in your everyday life? Let me show you what that does. Let me show you what that does. That tells them that God is not as concerned about my everyday life as he is concerned about what I do on Sunday. So sure, I'll go to church. I'll join that church too. God wants us to be holy, y'all. And let me share something with you. I said earlier, holiness is not just me not drinking, not smoking, not fornicating, those kind of things. You know, we got that list of, you know, things that we identify unholiness. But let me show you something. My attitude can be unholy. Sometimes our attitude can cause more damage than, you know, a lot of those other big sins that we call. Come on. Sin is anything that opposes the will and the purpose of God inside of my holy living. And I can have a nasty attitude. I can go to my job and be nasty on my job. But I'm holy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I can say that with a nasty attitude. And what if they turn folk off? Come on. Selfishness can be sinful. Because it's all about me. I, got, I want you to see something now because what the devil has got it. Oh, you focusing on these things over here and now you're coming in the church. You're full of selfishness. If they don't do it like I want it to be done, then now it ain't done. You, come on, y'all. Greed. Can be selfish. Let me show you something. What the devil has done, the devil has done, has preached a message to us in the church that gave birth to greedy saints. Come on. Well, child, they, they, they ain't preaching that over there nothing that, you know, could help me get rich. I'm going to go over here because they're there. They, come on. Greed. All of these things are things that the devil is using to challenge us inside of our holy living. Our everyday life. The way that we affect our world and glorify God is not based on what I do and how I conduct myself on Sunday morning, but how I conduct myself Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come on. That's the arena that we have the greatest opportunity to affect our world. God saved you so that you can affect the world. 
What I drive does not give the effect as much as my holy living. <clears throat> if that's the case, I know a lot, I see a lot of folk out there that are driving Bentleys, driving Royces, driving Lamborghinis and all of these Telsas and all of these kind of things that their lifestyle, come on, does not in any way reflect character of Christ and they don't even care. So now the greatest way that we, the body of Christ, how many of you want, want to affect somebody else? We're we singing this song, Lord, let my life be a blessing to someone else. Come, let, let, come on. The way that your life is a blessing to someone else, not that you have the ability to reach in your pocket and take out $50 and give somebody. But the way that your life had the greatest effect on somebody else is that you would be able to walk inside of the character of God. That they would get home and they will remember how Shanette dealt with that situation and they're getting ready to do something. And they say, you know what? No. No, 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 no. I, I, I saw what they did. and I'm going to, come on. That's how my life affect the world. Holy living makes a difference, y'all. How I deal with life every day makes a difference. I want to go ahead to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the first verse, put it up in the Amplified. Ephesians 4 and 1. Here Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus. And uh, um, I, want you, I want you all to read the book of Ephesus. The book of Ephesus gives us a clear understanding of the heart of God for humanity. It starts out with the purpose of God. Ephesians 1 talks about the purpose of God, that we will be holy and without blame before him in love. The second verse talked about how God bringing unity. He's tearing down the walls that separate us. The third chapter talks about the dispensation of the grace of God that had been given to us so that we could walk inside of holiness. And then when he got in the fourth chapter, he started talking about lifestyle. Now I want you to look at he started out the fourth chapter, and the first verse said, Paul, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you. Mm. I'm a prisoner of God, but I'm also a minister of the gospel. He said, I appeal to you that you live a life worthy of the calling you have been called to. I said, that's where my focus is. I want you to be rich. I, I, I want folk to respect you on your job. I want that. But Paul said, more than anything, I beseech and I beg you, I appeal to you that you, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what's going on, I appeal to you that you live a life worthy of that which God has called you. We've been called to holiness. We've been called to righteous living. And Paul said, I appeal to you that you live, you focus on that. Stop focusing on these other things and focus on that. God said, I'll take care of that. You focus on how you're living, how you're dealing with what folks saying about you on your job, how you're dealing when you're on the road and somebody crossing in front of you, how you're dealing when you're in the grocery store and in the, in the store when somebody's in front of you. And I'm saying this because I know I've been here and somebody in front of you just taking up a whole lot of time and all, and you can start sucking your teeth. Oh my God. I, Come on. Come on now, now. These things are simple, but you don't know who's standing in that line or who's walking by and see you. They see you. And they see you getting disgusted. They see you getting frustrated. They see you getting agitated. I say that that that's that's that, that she go to the church. She go they they talk about they don't understand and that's a little old lady. She 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 just but you, you, come on. Look at what it says here now. That you live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, to live a life that exhibits what? Godly character. 
we focus more on what folk do to us in our situations than we focus on how we are to respond. God said, I'm not concerned about what folk do to you that much. I'm concerned about how you react and how you respond. Your godly character that exhibits, uh, uh, your life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and what? Mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude towards God for salvation. God is saying, when I look at your life, I'm looking at your everyday behavior. God said, I, I want your behavior to reflect who I am. Not how you deal with Sunday service, but how you deal with, deal with that mean person on your job. Because that's what I'm looking at. Your everyday life. I want you to just to take a focus of your everyday life behavior and see how much it contrasts your Sunday behavior. Am I as holy on Monday as I try to present to you on Sunday? Okay. Am I as holy on Tuesday as I appear to be on Sunday? This is where the world is watching you. I'm not on your jobs. I'm not in your cars. I'm not even in your home. I can see your behavior on Sunday. And I may applaud it. Oh, wow. But when you leave these four, door, four walls, the door, and go home, is your character still one of godliness and righteousness? Or are you cussing and swearing at your children, your husband, your wife? Pastor Carleen challenged me recently and she'll, she'll do it because that's her not when I say her job I mean but that's just who she is but she I, she must have said something or did something that you know disturbed me okay and my response to her was out of character she said do you have to do you always have to Respond like that. Come on. Now we'll take things like that lightly. Well, I can come to church on Sunday morning. I can preach. I can preach. But if I get home and I can't display or exhibit that same character at home that I explain in the church, oh, God bless you. God, I love you. Oh, come on. Come on. Because that's when I'm looking for holy living. And to leave these four walls. When things don't go like you want it to go. Can you still have that smile on your face? I'm going to close. I'm going to close with this particular scripture and I'm not even going to elaborate on it as much. But in order for us to make sure that our everyday life is one that pleases God, we got to change the way we think, y'all. We got to change the way we think about salvation. 
We got to change the way we think about church life. We got to change the way we think about ourselves in regards to God. Romans the 12th chapter and the first verse here Paul still pleading with the saints. He said, I beseech you therefore brethren, saints, believers, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living what? Sacrifice. In other words, don't be so carried away about this, 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 this. Present it as a living sacrifice. But when you present it, present it holy. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is what your reasonable service. When I come to church on Sunday morning, I want to bring a holy body, a holy life before God. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and then he said now let me show you what you got to do don't be conformed to this world this world I don't care how much you can preach I don't care how much you pray I don't care how much you fast if you're not careful this world can change your mind come on how about the things of God but he said don't be conformed to this world don't let the world dictate to you how you're supposed to do this and do that if it does not measure up to the word of God then that's the world's perspective but I'm concerned about God's perspective I don't care how much the world accept this and how much they accept that and how much they try to uh, uh, promote this and promote that if it does not measure up to what God is saying Come on. So be not conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. We got to change the way we think, y'all. We got to change the way we look at the salvation experience. Don't let the devil cause us to take holiness out of the salvation experience. The devil has warped the thinking of believers will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you, Shernet, you, Peter, you, Stacian, you, Joyce, may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. When you get on your job, God wants your lifestyle to prove to the sinners what God is expecting. That you may prove. You don't prove the will of God by the car you drive up at work. You prove the will of God by your conduct and your character. Stand to your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. My everyday life. My everyday life. My everyday life. God even admonishes us to drive that into your children. The scripture said, what, train up a child, what? In the way that they should go. And what you've done, you've established a pattern of living for them. Hallelujah. How many of you want to make sure that your everyday life pleases God? I want you to lift your hands to God on today. You that are online. I want you to focus what God is saying. And I want you to say along with me, God forgive me for not reflecting your character in my situations in my everyday life. God forgive me for being more concerned 
about myself than I am about you. God caused my focus to shift to your holiness and your righteousness. Drive out of me, Lord, everything that opposes your will and your purpose that interferes with my holy living and cause my life to bring you glory and honor, not just on Sunday, God, but throughout the week. Every day of my life, I commit my life into your hands right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you on this morning. We bless you for just reminding us today, Lord, where you are and what you desire out of our lives. And God, you told us in your word, God, that you've given us everything that we need in order to present this type of life to you. So, Father, we stand before you right now. We ask you, Lord, right now, God, that you would, Lord, cause our lives to be to the praise of your glory, the praise of your glory. I pray, God, right now, as Paul prayed, God, for the church in Ephesus, God, that, Lord, we, the body of Christ, would be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that our inner man would be strengthened. Our inner man, Lord, would be expanded to the point that it would consume all of the desires and all of the thoughts, God, that are contrary to your will and your purpose. God, we pray right now, God, that every word that has been presented to us, Lord, that is contrary to your will and your purpose, that God, that you will cause it to be dismissed right now from our lives. And God, that we would embrace your truth, your holiness. We thank you for it right now, Basha. We thank you for it right now. Keep us, Lord. Keep us in your care. Cause our lives to bring you glory and honor. We thank you for our God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. Come on, somebody tell the Lord thank you. Let's say, come on, tell him thank you. Come on and tell me thank you. I want you to look at somebody. Look at him and say, God wants me to live holy. Come on. I want you to say, look at him and say it with emphasis. God wants me to live holy. Come on, look at it. Say every day. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Glory to God. We thank God for the word on today and um, I trust that you would embrace this word that God has given to us my everyday life embrace that walk in it endeavor to manifest the character the love the joy the peace the gentleness the long-suffering the patience, the kindness of God in your what? Every day life. My everyday life matters to God. My everyday life matters to my family. My everyday life matters to the folk on my job. Come on. Sometimes you don't realize you're the only light that folk are exposed to during the week. You're the only light. And we don't focus on letting our light shine. We don't care about our everyday life. We don't care about it. But God said, 
in your everyday life. Live holy. Live holy. Ishadaka. Live righteous. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody help her praise him. Come on. Come on, that's it. Come on, somebody help her praise him. Oh, God. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Shekaraba. Mm. Ilakarokobodisa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. God is doing the work, yo. God is doing the work. Mm. God is doing the work. Ilakayadiobosriandarakisa. Mm. In my everyday life, Lord, I want to please you, Lord. In my everyday life, Lord, I want to honor you, Lord. In my everyday life, Lord, I want to live holy, God. Hallelujah. Be yield to you right now. Somebody lift those hands to him and say, Lord, I yield to you right now, Lord. I yield to you right now, Lord. I yield to you right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the Word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.